Welcome to Global Change Agents with me, Leanna Brinded, the Digest Edition, a podcast brought to you by Yahoo Finance UK. You can watch a full version of this interview by heading over to yahoo.co.uk forward slash change agents. Joining me today is Marta Krupinska, head of Google for Startups UK, the search giant startup incubator. On today's show, we'll be discussing the lessons she learned as a serial tech entrepreneur. We also will explore diversity and inclusion in the startup space. So, Martha, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. You've had a very storied journey in the world of tech. But before we get into that, I'd love to go right back to the beginning and ask you, what was your earliest memory when it came to technology? I think I have, you know, exciting early memories of technology as anybody probably sort of our age. I remember getting dial-up internet and being able to email my favorite pop star, wish him happy birthday, and he never replied. Um, I remember discovering YouTube when I was 17 or 18 and finding it absolutely incredible that I don't have to wait up watching MTV so that, you know, my favorite song can come on. Um, so it was a lot of sort of discovery of, oh, wow, there are all these things that my parents didn't have access to. To and now are you know in front you know um, opening up in front of my eyes and I can and I can benefit from it all. So what was the moment or um, a kind of I suppose period in your life where you decided to go all in in the technology sector? There was I don't think there was such a decision. I think in a lot of ways you know I sort of serendipitously fell into my first project, which was back when I was nineteen, and my best friend came over back from his winter holidays and said that he'd like to go on a trip around the world and we were figuring out how one could go about organizing that and and then we sort of realized that there are those websites and things and maybe we could do something on the internet but it was very much more sort of wanting to wanting to build something and seeing technology and the internet as a tool rather than thinking "Mm, how about we go into tech because that sounds cool <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it was really cool pre, you know, pre Facebook. Without all these kind of really, mm-hmm. I suppose, granular um, social media, you built a, if you can talk about mm-hmm. it, built a company that was all around traveling and mm-hmm. expats and all this amazing stuff. Yeah. How did you get that ideation from inspiration from your friend off the ground into a company? Yeah, I mean, we 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 built it together together, and and very weirdly, um, after after we wrapped up this project, Ariel went on to work at Google. So I feel like we both sort of him and I, we both have these sort of entrepreneurial journeys that that weirdly intertwine with Google. Um, but uh, yes, we sort of we we figured that we will try and connect with other people around the world who would want to go traveling, and. We didn't. We didn't know the word startup. We didn't know the word social media. I remember. I remember a SaaS platform called Social Engine that was licensing um, essentially a sort of off-the-shelf social media platforms that they all looked exactly like Facebook and then you just reskinned it to look like whatever you wanted it to be and they found our projects incredible and they put it on their home home page to feature as you know oh look social media is going to be big look at these great projects popping up worldwide but it was very much you know it sort of it came from the passion for the project it very much came from this attitude of you know what's going to happen if we if we set off to build that and very weirdly you know we were a bunch of kids 19 year olds um you know, building it overnight, um, you know, in my in my friend's place. And and sort of a year later, when when we launched it, we soon after became the first, the most often visited 
websites in travel category in, in Poland and then in Central Eastern Europe. And then we started picking up some traffic in America and Canada and, and, and Africa. So it was, it was all a bit bonkers. We had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> Well, you did it at such a young age, and that's a huge accomplishment already. But what would you say were the biggest lessons that you learned on that first, well, I say project, but it was a huge company. Like, what was the biggest takeaways from that? Well, do one thing and do it really well. So we, we managed to get a lot of traffic indeed and a lot of customers but we didn't know how to make money off it and we went bust before we managed to make our first proper dollar and I think a lot of what I've learned from that is that you need to plan your business activity really well you need to know where your revenue is going to come from uh, and you need to and you need and you need to secure it for the future because as much as it has been a successful project it has not become a successful company and I and I think um, it's probably thanks to those early experiences that I've then very fortunately um, you know I went on to build things that were more successful than that. Well I'd love to pick up on that in a little bit when we start talking about Google for startups but before even that we've got Azimo mm -hmm. which was a company that you co-found in 2012 so in terms of those lessons applied what did you do differently um, when it came to founding that company? Mm -hmm. So what I was what I always say is that I have been incredibly lucky when it comes to finding and meeting the right people um, throughout my journey. So my co-founders are, are fantastic business people that came with a lot of experience in financial services that I was lacking. And what I was proud of is that I did bring the sort of the internet and social element to it. Plus, I am a migrant. I moved to this country. I'm Polish. I moved to this country in 2012. I actually moved here from New York City, um, where I also briefly lived. And and that sort of those profound experiences of, you know, building this for myself. I said, in a sense, the way Travelnetty, my first project, was built for my friend that wanted to go on a trip around the world. You know, I could very much find myself in, in Asimo and we were building it for ourselves. Um, on the business model side, um, Asimo actually raised $70 million, which is incredible um, for a startup. And I suppose that's one of the big things that's happening with startups and within the industry is about getting that funding, getting that venture capital. And one of the trends that has been coming up and up again is that women um, founders actually find it the hardest and actually get least success in getting that funding from different companies. Um, Asimo has two other male co-founders. So would you say that that's getting any better within the industry? Do you think there's still like a gender gap when it comes to finding that funding? I know that some people that we have talked to as well have previously said they've purposely got men on their boards or put them at front, so it's more likely that they'll get cash. What do you think? I mean, I think data speaks for itself, and we know that there is a funding gap in this country and in, in others. Um, when I first started talking about this problem in 2015, sort of data was pointing to five to eight percent of, of VC professionals being women. Um, now the situation has improved, so sort of the latest data shows that around a quarter of uh, VC professionals in the UK are women. But when you actually dig deeper and you think about who has the decision-making powers, you'll find that it's only thirty. 13% of partners or senior partners that are women and and I guess that's 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 progress and obviously that's encouraging but would I say that it's enough 
probably not, especially as we know very well, sometimes being the only person in the room, it doesn't give you the voice. And it's really important that, you know, that, that we have at least two um, in that room when decisions are being taken so that their voice can be properly taken care of uh, and, and heard. Um, I, I very much believe that we need to have equal representation in the workplace and equal representation in the VC world too, to ensure that when all of us, regardless of our gender, race, sexual orientation or ability, when we enter those rooms, that we are heard and seen as individuals and appreciated as our full selves. How do you feel about um, maybe, because there, there are some funds out there that have been started by founders of companies and wanted to, like, I suppose, pay it forward, mm -hmm. um, been setting up funds that are specifically, let's say, for female mm -hmm. entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs of colour. Like, how do you feel about those kind of funds or maybe incubators or anything yeah. related to startups? I think they're absolutely fantastic. One of the biggest privileges of this year was um, sharing the stage with Arlen Hamilton, who's the founder of um, Backstage uh, Capital. Um, at Startup Grind Conference in London. And uh, we at Google for Startups actually partner with Backstage VC, um, Backstage Capital to support their efforts. I, you know, one would say, I mean, quoting Ireland, um, the majority of existing funds serve white men. So let's create funds that, um, that, serve, um, that serve the other communities. And, and we also, we work with, uh, with founders and with, uh, with funds that focus solely on women, that focus solely on people of color. Um, we collaborate with community uh, organizations that support LGBTQI founders. And I think it completely makes sense in the same way that we arrive in a workplace and we we want to find our tribe and our community that's going to lift us up and give us the confidence that we need, and especially as entrepreneurs, to have that confidence to get out of bed every day and go and challenge the world, having supporters and friends in your company, but also on your board and as backers of your company is so incredibly important. Many compare the relationship of a startup founder and their VC as marriage. You get into that relationship and for many years they need to believe in you and support you. Um, so, you know, the, the more you can connect to them on a personal level, the better. And that's fantastic advice. Is there any, I suppose, you know, top extra tips that you have for those people that do have that challenge when they have to wake up every day and they know that the odds are stacked against them in getting that funding and getting those relationships, um, building those like professional marriages, right? Are there any tips that you would give diverse um, entrepreneurs um, in terms of how they go about their day to day, um, key planning ideas, anything extra? I think it's a very tricky question to answer you know we could probably have a whole conversation just about that and it's very nuanced and I don't want to I don't want to give simplistic answers I guess there are a few things that are quite important for me um, one is that fortunately finally we've got some role models fantastic entrepreneurs who are making the change and 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 and, and, and trailblazing and that should give us all hope that that the change and success is possible having said that I'm not a big fan of putting individual responsibility on people mm. to deal with systemic problems. So I think what we shouldn't be doing is telling somebody, oh, you can do it, oh, so, you know, everything's stacked against you. But, you know, if you haven't done it, it's because you haven't worked hard enough. I think we need to be incredibly kind to those that come from underrepresented or underestimated groups um, to give them that strength and encouragement and, and, and help them believe that success can happen. We know that we know we've seen role models showing that success can happen, but also give them that kindness and that patience and understanding that 
you know, it's, uh, you know, um, life, life goes different ways sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose with that, I mean, with Google, are you involved in any of the diversity and inclusion efforts and programs mm -hmm. and things like that? Uh, I love that you asked that question because um, since I joined Google for Startups in December and we started thinking about what we really want to build, um, diversity and inclusion and sustainability have become the big pillars of, of what we're building. And, and maybe to be able to properly answer that question, if I can tell you a little bit what Google for Startups is, it's, it's essentially an arm of Google that Google very generously funds that exists to support and enable tech startups to succeed. And, and with that incredible privilege comes a fair bit of responsibility because, you know, when you essentially got the funding from, from one of the largest, most successful companies in the world and you have arguably the second most exciting, vibrant tech ecosystem in the world here in London and in the UK after Silicon Valley, then, you know, who do you support and what do you do? And we have very much decided that what we want to do is we want to support companies that are in line with Google's values, but also that are building the world in which we want to live. And that world has equal representation. So we work, we currently um, this year had a cohort of 10 incredible female founders. Um, we had a cohort of companies that build profit with purpose organizations. And that is not NGO or charity. These are commercial organizations that are building products that are advancing the world and building the world in which we want to live. So an example would be Mendelian who are using AI to speed up diagnosis of rare diseases or Febris that help non-medical professionals diagnose complex diseases um, such as pneumonia. Um, we've got uh, platforms that build data privacy or platforms that remove um, bias from hiring such as a fantastic company called Applied. So we're sort of, we're very much using that power that we have been given to support different groups and, and, and diversity is at a core of all of this. That's fantastic. What would you say for you over the next year, we talked about at the end of year, looking at the data and things like that, but what are some key milestones or stretches that you're hoping to reach and in your mind of what you want to achieve with Google for Startups? So uh, I won't tell you sort of at the end of the year, but I'll tell you what my big, what my big dream is. And that dream is that a year from now, The Economist or Harvard Business Review writes an article in which they say that companies that are founded by diverse founders and that are building products that are socially uh, beneficial as well as commercially viable are better businesses that are bringing better financial results and are more attractive to invest in and to support. I think the more we can contribute to that trend of, you know, it not only being about quotas, but actually it being about good business. And we already mm. see more and more data that shows that, for instance, female founded or female co-founded companies are more, um, are more commercially attractive, that they bring returns to investors faster. The more data we can prove to the ecosystem, the sooner we're going to see that change that we want to be a part of come to fruition. So I'm, I'm, I'm really waiting to see that newspaper landing on the, foot, on the doorstep of every investor uh, and for them to see, okay, I'm going to think about where I spend my money now. That's fantastic. We've had such a wonderful chat today and we've only got one more question left. So with all our change agents really like to get like a quick fire round. So I would say, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to your 21-year-old self, if you could? At the risk of it sounding banal, believe in yourself. Um, I, I have been incredibly fortunate to meet the right people along the way. I've also worked 
incredibly hard. But I think, especially for those of us that don't come from an incredible amount of wealth and privilege, you know, there has been this part of this voice in the back of my head, oh, you're just a little girl from Eastern Europe. Um, I, I see now how far I've come. I see how much I owe it to my hard work and the support of people that I've met. And I think I really wish that all, all women and minorities that embark on their journey have their own back because everything is going to be fine. And you are a global change agent, but who would you say is yours? I've mentioned Arlen Hamilton earlier. I think she's an incredible woman. And for those that don't know her, she is a queer black woman from Texas who went from homelessness to raising a fund that has to date supported over 130 companies around the world, started by by diverse founders. Um, I think she, she's, she's the proof that, that, we can, that we can be the change that we want to see in the world. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Global Change Agents with me, Liana Brinded, produced by Yahoo Finance UK. A full version of this interview can be found at yahoo.co.uk forward slash change agents. And for more information, go to uk.finance.yahoo.com.